0: What's up, everybody? We are back. Welcome to Real Chronicles, brought to you by Realtalking.com. I'm your host, Dave. I am joined with today, just Leo. Yeah, well the
1: hunger
0: bros. Ryan the Temp. Totally tubular. And yes. that's it, because Jen was so offended by you calling her out on her guilty pleasures, Leo. She's decided to leave <laughs> us once again.
1: Make sure to never use
0: logic in the podcast. Never use logic on the podcast again. I even got a text from one of our listeners and they are like, yo, Leo went in on Jen this week. And I was like, (laughs) he didn't go in. He just said the truth. It's logic. (laughs) No, but Jen decided not to be on this week and she will so there's be back. No female turtles. There's no female tur- turtles and she doesn't have that much to say about April so she's like no not enough women to talk about so I'm um, I'm leaving. I'll be back next week for Batman and Robin when I can talk about two females. At least Silverstone. <laughs> not being British and Poison Ivy with Just a terrible performance, but that's for next week. This week, we're covering the 30th anniversary of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the movie. We're going to go back. We're going to do our categories, and we're actually going to talk about the sequels because we cannot go without talking about Turtles in Time. And the excitement when I was a kid that there was a movie called Turtles in Time, and I thought it was going to be based on the arcade game. I uh, have was quite disappointed, but we'll get back to we'll get to that a little later. But let's kick it off with the news of the week. A lot of stuff happened over the last few days. Um, for the when I was doing the agenda for the podcast, I was like, "Oh, there's not much news." And then Thursday and Friday happened, and we have a lot to talk about. So the first thing I want to talk about is uh, date changes. So we have Candyman moving from June to September, and you guys were not too excited for it anyway, right?
2: Yeah, it wasn't on my to-watch list.
0: And, Leo, you're not really into the horror, so that wasn't up your alley, right? Um, so that's moving from June to September 25th, which is three weeks before Halloween comes out, so that's a choice. They're trying to make as much money as they can uh, in, the, in the three weeks before Halloween. The next move that we saw happen this week was the one that broke my heart the most ghostbusters is moving from july to march of 2021 i that one got me i was so upset i was so upset. <laughs> that's my number one movie anticipated movie of the year so I'm, I'm like uh what is there left to look forward to this year
1: uh, dave for a that push was it because they're not done with post production, or is it simply or is it something something different?
0: I think because uh, I'm not going to get into all of Sony's moves, just this one. So I think that the move was done because um, there's nothing because of the issues going on right now that no one's filming. So I think January, February, March are very bare with releases next year. So if you notice, a lot of Sony's releases was moved from the summer to early 2021 because they're probably going to monopolize the entire first half of 2021 with their releases. That's what I think. I mean, I could be completely wrong. I think it's more financial in terms of let's make sure all these movies get a decent release date. And I think Ghostbusters is a summer movie. Not a fall movie, so I guess it makes sense. They kind because you know we always joke like summer blockbusters start in March nowadays. So I can see that being like the kickoff of next year's summer blockbuster season because I think it's late March that it's dropping. So that's that's all I got. I may be completely wrong. I just it just stinks because (laughs) all I got left now is Tenant and the Many Saints of Newark, and everything else was moved. So. (laughs) And then A Quiet Place was moved to Labor Day Weekend. Great move. That, that's going to make a lot of money during Labor Day Weekend. Uh, Top Gun was moved to another money, sec, uh, money section of the year. They're going to be releasing Christmas Day. Or it's the 23rd. But it's going to be a Christmas Day movie. So that movie is going to make a lot of money. And I'm going to go through the Marvel Disney slate because it's a lot. But before that, um, Leo you have no excuse not to be watching The Sopranos because HBO is now streaming specific series and movies for free.
1: Nice. So you yeah, nice. will be
0: watching so The Sopranos for the first time. Yeah. Are yeah.
2: You, I,
1: are, I I'm very excited. I'm very excited to give this show a chance. It's been on everyone's top three list. Yeah, not even top five. <laughs> top three, yeah. Yeah, no. Um, I think it's yeah. I think it's about time. I was off the line talking with like you, Ryan, uh, uh, Kevin. Like I know you guys are super amped about the Sopranos movie.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Like I'm not on that boat yet. But um, but I think you will great. be. And, and you know, but it's perspective. There's nothing else to do. So. Yeah, it's There's true. Like,
0: There's nothing else to do. I wish Jenny would watch the Sopranos again, but she doesn't do that for me. Thanks, Leo. But, um,
1: I'll make sure I'll make sure that on the episodes I'll, uh, I won't do anything with spoilers, but I'll definitely give you guys like a reaction as far as where I'm up to and stuff. For exactly sure. Together. But
0: like off the <laughs> line, you give Ryan, Kevin, and I spoilers because we have already seen the show, so I need yeah. I need like full depth of who you like, who you don't like, and. As the season progresses and the show progresses, I just want to know. I just want to know your side of what you think will happen. I'm just curious to see where, if you are on the same level as all three of us when we were originally watching the show, because that that show is perfection. I think it's the best show ever made. So we'll no? see. We'll see where you come, and you will now. You may still like her, but you will have a different opinion of Skyler, and you will understand why Kevin, myself, and every Breaking Bad fan out there hates Skyler.
1: Yeah, I know or into, like, the loyalty of the of uh, of the Soprano's wife. Uh, I, right, yeah.
0: I think, and I get your perspective, but I think the reason that, like, we don't like Skylar is because we had Carmella for so long, and we saw, like, she dealt with a criminal husband and, and other things that you'll find out when you watch, and she was a very strong female throughout the entire series. So... So we'll see what you think in the next couple of weeks. So moving on from that, we have the Disney lineup that has finally been announced. What we're, What's moving? Where is it moving to? So the first good news is that Mulan is moving to July. So that is the first bit of news. Um, I think it's going to kill it. If that's the first movie we're going back to, I think that's going to do very well at the box office and it needs to because it costs a lot of money to make. Uh, the next one is something that I said on the podcast a few weeks ago uh, regarding what Marvel may do. So they shifted their lineup. Everything got shifted one movie up. So Black Widow is now releasing in November, which is taking Eternal Spot, which is November 6th. Then Eternals is moving up to February 12th, 2021, which was... Uh, the Shang-Chi's date. And then Shang-Chi moves to May 7th, which is Doctor Strange 2's date. Doctor Strange 2 moves to November 5th. Thor now moves to February 18th, 2022. Black Panther remains May 8th, 2022. And Captain Marvel is now July 8th, 2022. So we kind of have the next couple of uh, months and years of MCU films. And no Fantastic Four.
1: Yeah, well, although, like, even the Fantastic Four and even the X Men, I think, were everyone was mentioned as far as uh, Phase like five. phase Five. Yep. So, like, this is no big surprises here. If anything, the only big call out would be that uh, Marvel, Disney had set it up so that the TV shows would keep you, like, in the world while the movies came out. Yeah. So, I know they're going to keep the same timetable for the shows because they haven't really announced any differences on that. Um, but, uh, I'm intrigued to see if maybe any of the other Disney plus projects maybe get set up like, um, there's Marvel or, um, or, or any of the, uh, I know Hawkeye got postponed, but, uh, but I'm wondering if there's any impact on the Disney plus TV shows.
0: I know, uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier were still filming. So, and they were the first one that were supposed to drop. So that may have, may get a change soon. So we'll see what happens there. Any thoughts, Ry? No, you guys took everything like words right
2: out of my mouth. I was curious about what they're going to do with the shows, and I hope they try to keep it to at least somewhat of the same. But obviously, if you know they're tying, you can't. Like, I,
0: and I also like the move. I still like Eternals because release date. Because I actually like November because I don't think Eternals is big enough to do a summer release. I think it would struggle if it if it has a summer release. So the fact that I, can see it. I think that the fact that it's opening up in February is very solid because it'll probably be the first solid film of 2021, depending on how what gets put in January. So that's a good change there. And then, um, not Marvel related, but Jungle Cruise got moved to from July 2020 to July 2021. So that's, I mean, I'm not, really, I was, I was only really looking forward to it because of The Rock and Emily Blunt, but it sucks that it's getting moved a complete year, and. Artemis Fowl, and we mentioned, we spoke about on the podcast that we think that New Mutants should be going to Disney Plus. Artemis Fowl is skipping a the theatrical and going straight to Disney Plus, which makes me think that New Mutants is next. Yeah. I, I, I can't see it not being Disney Plus at this point. Yeah, and I think would,
1: we're- you, would would you think that they maybe do like remember how back in the day like with uh, with um, uh, Master of the Phantasm. It was like a limited run in the theaters. Do you think they would maybe do something like that, or it's mainly Disney Plus but also give it like a a week or two in the theaters?
0: I don't think it would make money. Like honestly, uh, would you watch it in theaters or would you just wait? It's, it's really
1: funny. Even though I'm like very, you guys all know how I feel about the Fox Marvel world. Yeah. Uh, I was at, actually very excited for Mutants, more excited than I've been for anything Fox related ever, because it was a it was a horror type to it. It was a very different type approach. Um so actually I would have out, out of all the Fox properties I probably would have gone to New Mutant.
0: That is ridiculous.
1: Yeah, I know. It was very it was very different. I think it was because like no one expected much from it. Um but I was actually excited for it.
0: I think I think we're gonna be we're gonna come back on here when it, we finally see it and just say it was it was a solid effort and it was better than Dark Phoenix. I think that's my expectation. Be better than Dark Phoenix and I think we'll be okay.
2: Speaking of Dark Phoenix, my mom watched Dark Phoenix for the first time this weekend, and she calls me next day. She's like, What the fuck was that?
0: (laughs) (laughs) You should, what do you say? Uh, I know, I I know. (laughs) (laughs) That's not nice, right? It wasn't, it was just bad. No, she was just so confused, and yeah, and I get it. Alrighty. So uh, the last bit of news that I saw, I don't know how accurate this is, but like a lot of outlets are reporting that after this whole thing is over with the pandemic and theaters start opening up that we may not have an AMC to go to, that AMCs may be closing. I don't think that's going to happen. I think what's going to happen is that you're going to have the locations that have a lot of AMCs near each other close, but I think we're still going to have AMCs all over the country. I, I can't see them. The biggest theater chain in the world close, because then that means everyone else are probably close too. At this point, um, yeah. like New York, I th- I see a few of them closing. And Leo, we've been to a few uh, theaters in New York. They're relatively close to each other, aren't they?
1: Yeah, exactly. Like anything with a big metropolitan area, there's there's a few of the same all over the place. Yeah. So yeah,
0: like for to to give like a scope of of how close there is a AMC 8 blocks apart in New York. Yeah. Oh well. wow. So that just shows how close they are to each other. So I can see a few of those going away once everything gets back to the norm. And then we can move on from the news and go into do you have any quarantine watches that you wanted to talk about this week?
2: Um,
1: quarantine watches I'm still on my TV show binges so I'm um, all caught up on well oh, I finished Picard uh, I'm all caught up on Better Call Saul um, I'm all oh I did the um, yeah I rewatched the Turtles and I actually also watched this uh, is the first time Batman versus the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles how
2: was that? dude it was so
1: good <laughs> <laughs> I watched it right after Turtles 3 which we'll go over but it was, it was, uh, yeah, it was good. It was very, it was very Batman esque, very Ninja Turtles esque. A lot of, a lot of cool stuff. That's still better than Suicide Squad.
0: <laughs> Don't tell Ryan that. It's, what, it's all good. <laughs> what about you, Ryan? would do you, any, anything you want to highlight? Um, I've honestly been just, I did Turtles for this and I've been on a
2: WrestleMania binge for this weekend.
0: Nice. All right. And then I have, uh, I saw Lost in Translation for the first time this week. I don't know why I waited seventeen years to watch this movie. Uh, it's Bill Murray's. Uh, Bill Murray is just wonderful. That movie is so 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 good. I'm uh, gonna do a review for it for the site this week. It is Bill Bill Murray's best performance. If you guys haven't seen it, it's obviously not a comedy. But Bill Murray's I, when he is funny, he's he's Bill Murray funny. Gotcha. Uh, and Sophia Coppola like. Knocks it out of the ballpark So I do not feel bad about what we're gonna Say to her about her in the next few weeks And that's a little tease of what's Coming up in the next few weeks uh, So yeah it's all lost in translation And I wanted to highlight that I have Started after Six months I finally started Watchmen Oh dude Nice so we saw the first episode Of New York Comic Con and I haven't Been able to watch it because I do not have HBO Until the last few days And I'm six episodes in, and that show is incredible. That show is so so good. I'd go as far as to say I think it's the best season I've seen of any superhero show ever made. I think I feel oh, wow. confident in saying that. Leo, Fry, you guys watch all this stuff. a lot of,
1: super- and shows.
0: you've already and you've already finished Watchmen, Leo. So.
1: Um, so it's always funny. What I loved about Watchmen was the fact that it's not like they're they're continuing the story. Like Dave, yep. like Dave mentioned, me and him went to the panel at Comic Con. Like the writers and everyone, they were such fans of the source material. They continued the story, so it's not really like uh, an adaptation of the comics. It's like what would happen if the comics ended and afterwards. Um, as far as best TV shows or best superhero TV show seasons. Um, I don't know. I'm still, I'm still partial to Daredevil season one mm. and maybe even Titan season one. Uh, but this is a really, this is definitely top
0: five though. Yeah. I, that's probably the competition for me is what you said. Daredevil season one. Cause I love Daredevil season one. Well, I love all the, I think Daredevil is the best out of the bunch. Do you guys disagree on that? Like out of the, no, no, the Marvel shows? I think that was the best of the bunch. Um, you yeah, that's a good comparison. I will let you know what next week, what I think of everything, because I should be done by tomorrow with the series and there is not going to be a second season. So that's going to be wonderful. Um, all right. So that brings us to what we're here today. We are looking back at the 30th anniversary of a child, a childhood staple. One of my guilty pleasures that we spoke about last week and one of my favorite comic book movies of all time, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Real, real quick before we get into everything do you remember the first time you saw that movie
1: um so I think when we talked about Batman 89 we and I think Jenny even mentioned it that like she remembers returns more because she was a little older for returns so I believe I remember ooze more but this was like on like VHS ran it back multiple times um I had to have been like Five years
2: old, and right Ryan- yeah, for, for me, I had to be around this. Uh, from, let me see. When did two come out? And I, I was because for me, I remember I'm a '90s baby, so when uh, first those came out, I was that was what was,
0: two came out in 1990- 1990. Yeah, so Super uh, TMNT two was 1992, I believe, and then obviously TMT one was 1990 in terms of dates.
2: Yeah, I think by the time I got into it, 3 had come out.
0: Good times. Good times, Ryan. I I think I know where we're going later, and you're going to break my heart.
2: (laughs) I I was a fan of the uh, concert movie more than anything, actually. I love the concert movie. Yes, I remember
0: (laughs) the concert movie. Was that the concert movie, and they also had a similar VHS tape that they released at Burger King? yes
2: yes memory.
0: I, ha- I had that that tape too i think we were all obsessed with the teenage mutant ninja turtles but before now that we've all talked about what the first time we saw it um let's look at some comments from some of our readers regarding the movies so i put the put, put the question out there what favorite or least favorite moments you had regarding a trilogy and uh first comment here is from marcus he said I never understood why the secret of the ooze didn't use Rock City and Bebop. Toka and Razor were just stupid. Thoughts?
1: I remember being little and I thought the same exact thing because I thought it was uh, Rock City and Bebop. So did then, I. <laughs> yeah,
0: so did same. I. Um, he also said, I love everything about the first film. Parts 2 and 3 just got too silly. I guess they figured they needed to lighten up the tone and content for the sequel. And he also mentioned, I did not know this, Tokar and Razor were in the in the animated series as well for like an episode? Yes,
1: they were. Yes. They were. Definitely were. Yeah, they big little, little call out for them, but yeah.
0: that did not didn't even know that. I don't. I don't even remember that at all. And then going to the Instagram, we have the tapes. Well, it's funny. Go ahead, right? Go ahead, right?
2: I don't say while you were looking for it. it's Funny that Marcus mentions that because I was even thinking it felt like TMNT one was like Batman eighty nine, and TMNT two was like Batman and Robin.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's a Dude. that's a good comparison. Yeah. And then um, one last comment from the tape store on Instagram. I think TMNT 3 was my least favorite moment. The first film was solid gold, and I agree with that. So let's get into the nook and cranny of TMNT number one. So for anyone that's been living under a rock, the first Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles was based on a 1984 comic book created by Kevin Eastman and Peter Laird. And the crazy thing about it was that it was, they were so hard up for cash that they had to borrow money from Eastman's uncle in order to even produce the comic book. And the run is so bare that that is one of the most profitable comic book, if you own it, outside of the big, you know, Batman, Superman, Spider-Man, out of the big DC Marvel. If you own a first print NT- TMNT, you're looking, I think, in the hundred to $200,000 range. Yeah, it is. That's how bare it was. And do you guys, you probably guys know this, but the first TMNT was in not in color, it was in black and white. Black and Mm -hmm. white, yep. Yep. Supposed to
2: have a very dark undertone, just like the first TMNT movie had.
0: Yep. Mm -hmm. And then the script regarding the production of the movie, the script is based on mainly on the early TMNT comics, including the stories of the Turtles' origin, the rooftop battle. And also it coincided that with the animated series and some elements were used from the animated series that brought into the movie, such as the turtles colored bandanas and the love of pizza elements of Michelangelo's character and April Leo as a television reporter instead of a lab assistant. So that was some of the elements that were brought in from the animated series. Regarding the film budget, it was $13.5 million budget. Do you guys want to know how much want to guess how much it made? We're I'm talking the budget again, thirteen point five, and we're talking nineteen
1: ninety. I know, I i know. In my reading for it, it was a it was a highly it was like the it was a highly profitable movie, but I don't know the number for it. though. So. two hundred two
0: million dollars. It was the highest grossing independent film of all time at that point.
1: Yeah, I think Blair Witch took
0: it out, right? Unfortunately,
1: yeah. Was... <laughs> Unfortunately, <laughs> now, I hate, now I hate Blair Witch so much more. Good,
0: good. Regarding the studios, so many, many major studios such as Walt Disney, Columbia, MGM, Orion, Paramount, Viacom, uh, which actually acquired the property in 2009, and Warner Brothers turned down the film for distribution. They were worried that despite the popularity of the cartoon and the toy line, that the film could potentially be another box office failure, similar to another adaptation, "Matches of the Universe," which actually. Oh, but- the studio went bankrupt, I think, because of Motu. Oh wow. Yeah. Yeah, Motu was a big, big failure. Ultimately, New Line Cinema, which also created the Nightmare on Elm Street franchise, took the fir- took the, the shot of releasing the movie, and it turned out to be a great, great decision. And regarding the voice cast, now do you guys know the most popular? Ninja Turtle voice voice actor.
1: Yes, or you mean you like like the most famous actor? Yes.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Corey Feldman was Donatello, and I didn't when I when I found out, I'm like, of course it is. It sounds exactly like him. And then, and then, um, in regarding the live action cast, I I take pride in knowing everybody. I honestly, I don't know any one of these people. I was watching when we did these categories that we're about to get into. I'm like, oh, this is too easy <laughs> into who to put where. But I'm like, all right, I'm going to try to be very fair on these. So Judith Hoag played April O'Neill. Elias Katias played Casey Jones. Jay, uh, Raymond Sarah as Chief Stearns. Jay Patterson as Charles Pennington. And James Saito as a Saki, a.k.a. the Shredder. And Sam Rockwell was a head thug. Uh-huh. Skeet Ulrich and Scott Wolf appear as unnamed ca- members of the Foot Clan, but were uncredited. So that was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Wow. Uh, the film is 40 percent on Rotten Tomatoes. In regards yeah. to the trophy room, there is nothing to talk about because that movie has zero awards. <laughs> so let's get to it. What has aged the best? Leo, kick it off.
1: All right, aged the best. um I put New York City, mm. like just. The way they build New York City, it feels like current-day New York City. <laughs> it's, um, it's kind of like the same way how Batman 89 sets the setting for, for Gotham. Yes. Um, Very dark, very brooding, very, like, you just feel the grunge of it. Yep. Um, I just thought New York City, you, you know you're in a New York movie, the beginning of this movie. Um, I love all the meta mentions and allusions to classic movies. I thought that was pretty cool cuz we usually do that amongst ourselves to this day. Yep. So it's cool that the turtles did it amongst themselves. Anything else? The score? I think sorry?
0: You, uh, you broke off there. What did you say? The score?
1: Oh, the score? Um I think the dominoes <laughs> um and the whole brotherly love thing
2: between the brothers.
0: Nice. What about you, Rai? I
2: also had atmosphere. It felt for a movie about talking fighting turtles,
0: it felt very real. Um,
2: and yeah, that was like the main thing that aged best for me was the atmosphere of New York City.
0: So I follow suit and say the tone of the film. So pretty much, every, coincide with everything you said. I think I, but I do have a little bit more on here. I do think there's a level of thematic maturity in the film, one that's lacking in the other two. And when you watch them back to back to back, you can tell. Like this movie's trying to be mature and trying to be dark and trying to be gritty. I think there's an early scene where Donatello tries to uh bring up the the subject of Splinter dying and he talks about he's like, Hey Mike, do you ever think about what Splinter said tonight? I mean, what it what it would be like, you know, not having him and then they deflect and Michelangelo deflects the answer. Like the the movie really focuses on this the idea of loss of someone close to you. And I like that as well. And you see that in the second act where they, well, Ralph, Ralph is in the coma and they lose Splinter. So they're trying to deal with both and how to get both back. So that's, I like this, that type, that tone as well. The score is fucking phenomenal. One John De, De Perez scored the movie. I don't know who that is. What has he done after this movie? I don't this know. Because I don't even think he did the second score the second movie. So, it, it, oh, my God, that score is so, so good. Um, best used in April's apartment and best used when they are fighting Splinter. I mean, uh, Shredder at the end of the movie. I don't know if you guys disagree with that. I think that is the best use of the score. Uh, and, and Shredder's introduction. I like that p- use as a score as well. Uh, the puppeteering was fantastic. Uh, we're going to get into the look of the turtles in a bit uh and finally i think the scene in april's apartment has aged so 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 well when her when her apartment catches fire the reason i like that scene too is because it coincides with personal and professional because while her personal life is being destroyed as her apartment is going up in flames she's also being fired from the same apartment on a voicemail (laughs) So,
1: and also, like the apartment looked like a New York City apartment. Like It, it wasn't like Friends, right? Like Friends is like, you look at that apartment, you're like, no one in New York City lives like that. But hers was like dirty and still like, like an apartment building. It yep. felt really real.
0: I agree. Now, what's age worse? I'll kick this one off because I have a few, thre- few things here. I have the Foot Clan lair. So we have kids in the lair smoking, drinking, teenage girls dancing on tables what's going on here like it, it it was it was you wouldn't it wouldn't be seen in movies today and I think I think you guys would have the same thing Casey Jones committing murder at the end of the movie <laughs> <laughs> and all he could say is oops big yep. big problem uh, <laughs> well uh, did he commit murder because the
2: spoiler alert, does survive he didn't technically commit murder
0: Ryan he had the, the intent to kill Shrek yes he because, did and technically, and we'll get into it when we talk about the second one, there's no fucking way he survives that. I agree about the thing. No way he survives that. Uh, <laughs> what about you? What do you guys have outside of that? I have some of the accents
2: and some of the comments that we talked, of, you know, we talked about off air. Like yep. the, you know, how we think of thinner than you kind of bullcrap. And some of the really forced, bad accents. I'm just like... Yeah, you wouldn't be able to do that in movies now. Yeah, not at all.
0: What about you, Leo?
1: For me, I have... Uh, well, I definitely have the uh, the, the attempted manslaughter at the end of the movie. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But actually, DC Jones also, is, uh, his unwelcome massage at the farm. Oh, well.
0: yeah. Jenny would so, not have approved of that massage. He... Like, like, nowadays, like
1: that would be very close to, like, hey, this is inappropriate. What are you doing? This is sexual harassment. Let me tell you something, Leo.
0: If Jenny says anything, Michael Scott says is sexual harassment. Casey Jones just putting his hands on April's for a massage is more than sexual harassment.
1: Yep the whole the whole exchange with the whole toots. Sweetie. Oh, yeah, he kept calling her toots. Yep, yep. Um, the the Foot Clan ninja slap to her in the subway.
0: Yes, I forgot about the ninja slap. Well done, well done. And um, also, um, there's two jokes specifically.
1: One is when um, they first, when they return back to New York City, uh, Casey's claustrophobic, and he thinks it's homophobic, and he gets very expensive. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: Yes.
1: And um, the other one is they're riding in the back of a pickup, and it's raining, and one of them goes, oh, now I know what an immigrant feels like.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, that did Um, not age well. Um, This isn't something that age well. It's just something that I like more. I like the look of the Foot Clan in the movie more than the cartoon.
2: Definitely.
0: I, I like the, the the that dark pine green over the purple. Just I wanted to point that out there. All right. Let's get to our categories. Let's start with that guy from Award. I have Elias Kotaius. I hope I'm pronouncing his name right. That's Casey Jones because I don't remember seeing him in too much after this but if i did i always remembered him as casey jones
2: i have the same answer <laughs> same
0: here. <So> funny.
1: <laughs> elias Tapia, same thing with me casey jones i uh, you know I, I had to look him up what he did afterwards he did crash he did thin red line some kind of
0: wonderful he was in so some I'm kind really of wonderful excited.
1: i'm super excited to see him he's in the sopranos
0: no, 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 he's not. What, are you serious? <laughs> he's in The Sopranos? Yeah. It's on it's on his, his, his who? Who is that. he? Can you give me the character name if you can get that? Yeah, look am The Sopranos. Yeah, I am. I've, right, we've probably seen The Sopranos numerous times. I've never seen yeah. him on The Sopranos. It must have been a I'm one I'm going off. through every
2: character in my head. Yeah, it had to be like
0: songs. paladino Dominic Palladino, Jenny Founded. One ep, okay. One episode, okay. So I don't feel that bad, but I am gonna look yeah. for him now next because I'm I'm going on this rewatch journey with with Leo here. So
2: I, you know, I'll join you guys, all three of us. Let's will. do it.
0: Um, <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. So I,
1: I saw I saw him there, and I, I can imagine seeing him on screen. I'm like, wait a minute, that's Casey Jones.
0: <laughs> <laughs> all right, Next award is There's No Crying in Baseball. Um, I won't say I cried or anything like that, but two mo two moment in the movie got me. The uh, when they are meditating and channeling Splinter, and they know yeah. they realize he's alive. That you know that was a little emotional, and then Leo watching over Wrath and uh, I think it was April that was uh, drawing them. Mm-hmm. That that really hit the feels there. Those are my two. What about you guys? Do you have anything?
2: Yeah, I have the uh, meditating around the fire as well because I remember actually I did cry a little bit when I was a kid, but not this time around, obviously. Yeah, but. Yeah, that that got me as a kid, and it was a nice emotional scene for me now.
0: And you, Leo?
1: Same. The um, I think the uh, yeah, the meditation when they're when they're, they realize about Splinter. But um, it's funny the same thing is used the the uh, the bathtub scene where he's watching over Wrath. Yeah. But when he wakes up and he's so excited that he wakes up and he's just like he needs to apologize for everything that he did. Um, it was just a really nice moment and definitely like yeah, that was that resonated their, with me. I think that.
0: their relationship is so crucial to the movie because we joke yeah. about who's the leader and who's not the leader but like i think raf is more the rebel of the group and he's and he keeps that consistent in the second one too like he's always the one that goes off on his own and just doesn't really accept the form i found to be kind of a whiny
2: little bitch
0: i don't th- what Raph in the second one or the first one the first one especially
2: i don't know like i think i, I don't know
1: broody broody Rudy and temperamental but i don't know about whining
0: yeah i see the temperamental like he's extremely temperamental. that's why he's my favorite turtle because i am i am extremely temperamental as well so i've always i've always <laughs> there's a funny
1: exchange in the batman cartoon with batman and ninja turtles where raf talks to batman and he's like hey listen i understand the whole being broody and going off by yourself that's
0: my <laughs> Yeah I'm with Leo and I definitely see the temperamental He never bitches about anything He just does everything on his own He literally got his ass kicked by the Foot Clan Because he wanted to fight them on his own
2: three, he's lying. Yes, three, yes. Three, he he's got, not, Yeah he gets like just worse and worse throughout He was game,
0: probably right? really upset with all the spots That were put on his on his face <laughs> More on that later guys all righty. So next up is the Deadless Shrimp Six Man Award, are the best supporting player. I went with April O'Neil as Judith, Judith Hoag as April O'Neil. So I went with her because I, I think, for their interactions with the humans to work, their relationship with April has to work, and I think they, I think the chemistry between April and the turtles is really solid throughout the movie. What about you guys?
2: Yeah, I would have said April. Oh, sorry. No, no, that go right. Go right. I would have said April, but I kind of put her as part of the main people. Okay. So I actually went with Casey Jones on this one. Okay, nothing wrong there. Saves their ass, helps out a good amount. You support,
0: you, know? you support murder. I love, I, I dig it. <laughs> I dig it. <laughs> what about you, Leo?
1: So I kind of went off a little different for the sixth man on this one. Oh, I no. actually went the stunt double. Um, the actual actors and stunt doubles. of the, the role. Yes, well the, well, the puppeteers did the facial expressions. Yep. They were different. Um, the actual people in the suit, and and uh, So for Leo, it would be David Foreman. For Mikey, it'd be Michelin Sisti. For Donnie, it'd be Leia Tilden. And for Rath, Ken Trone.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and the cool thing is that all, um, well, all of them had like a minor little cameo in the movie too. But like with like, just seeing the amount of physical activity, like flips, martial arts that they did inside those huge rubber suits, um, like yeah, I felt like that. Like the even though they're like they're unsung heroes, right? They're not they're not the name first people you get on the on the casting list. But without them, I don't think this movie would have hit. And as
0: it's much of it. it's crazy, and that's why I wanted. I brought it up that we were gonna bring it up a little later. Um, it shows the difference with what a practical effect does. That's just a suit, and that looks better than the 2014 and 2017, 18 Ninja Turtles. Absolutely. Like I, I think sometimes it's just the basic works. Like I even think, I mean, I think Marvel has perfected the Hulk, but we didn't grow up on a Hulk like that, and we yeah. and we thought it was very believable when Bill Bixby and Lou Ferringo were was David Banner and. Yeah, it was David Banner on the show and then the Hulk, and it was very believable to me. So sometimes practical effects work. So, yeah, the the, the look of the turtles was so great. All righty. So we go to, next up. We have Peaks and Valleys. <laughs> so many, so many peaks here. <laughs> so many peaks. Uh, so Peaks, I went with Elias Kotaias. I don't think he did, you know. I guess now we can say The Sopranos, but I, I I got nothing. That's all I got for him. And then my Valley, I cheated, and I went with Sam Rockwell.
1: Nah, that's, that's what I did for Valley, too. That's not a cheat. That's legit. Good job, dude. <laughs> I, I,
0: I was like, do I do I do it? Because he's not really like a main person in the movie, but it's fucking Sam Rockwell. You always got to show some love to Sam Rockwell. So I went with Sam Rockwell there. What about you, Ry? Uh,
2: for Peak, I did Casey Jones, and for Valley, I did Corey Feldman.
0: That's a good one too. That is a good one too. Corf. I mean, I think we're getting towards the end of Corey Feldman's run here too. I think. I don't think he did that much after, but he was still super duper popular at the time. And then uh Leo, you went with who was your peak?
1: Yeah, so my peak actually I went April O'Neil. I went Judith Hogue. Uh and it was funny because when I went into like their IMDB to see who what else she did or and then I also looked up her Wikipedia. Her Wikipedia straight up says Judith Hogue Best known for, April
0: O'Neil. <laughs> <laughs> so, and she didn't even come back for the second one. She
1: didn't. Or, didn't. Yeah. Uh, so I put Judith Valley. I put Sam Rockwell because, like, once you see Sam Rockwell's in this, you're like, wait, what? He's done so many amazing things after this,
0: and an Oscar winner. Actually. And you know, I love my Oscar winners. So I took. I'm not gonna get th- go through everything here, right? But I did take some, before we get to the legacy and the fun facts of the film, I did take a few quick notes while watching the movies. And I wanted to see if you guys agree or disagree. Um, I also noticed a lot in the movie the product's placement of Domino's. Did you guys notice that? No, actually. Oh, my God. Domino's is all over the movie. Even in the the Foot Clan layer, there were... But the funny thing is, is that their contract was not with Domino's; it was with Pizza Hut. (laughs) The marketing, (laughs) the advertising, the advertising for the film was with Pizza Hut, not Domino's. Yes, I don't know how they got away with that. Uh, I love the I love the look of Casey Jones' mask. It really resembles the 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 animated series a lot. The side story of the producer's son uh, becoming a part of the Foot Clan was a nice way to incorporate both of April's worlds together so I like that as well we talked about the score already the fight sequences of the film I think they would work today I think they're all solid yeah let me see what else do I have here oh we n- none of us mentioned this but the fight scene at the end with shredder is really good too because you can yeah. see you can see that the the turtles are not fighting with the discipline that splinter taught them because they're angry so I think that's why they get their ass kicked Yep, And the puppeteering for Splinter was so good, too. Wanted to throw that out there. All righty, so let's get into the legacy of the film. I think it has a good legacy and a bad legacy. Good legacy because it is still the best turtle movie of all time, and it created the good and bad is it created the opportunity for more comic book properties that were less I guess well known as opposed to like Batman, Superman, and all those you know Marvel, DC characters that we know and love. Other other properties were given the opportunity on TV or on film, but the bad thing is that not all of them are great. So, but that's the legacy of the film is just it's the I feel like it was the little engine that could of the comic book genre. Yeah, and now we get into our fun facts. I have some. Leo had some. So, Leo. If I say anything that you're going to say, just let me know and shut me up.
1: No, no, no. Please. I figure like between you and me, whatever facts you don't give, because I have a feeling your research is extensive. So whatever you don't say, I have stuff on my own too.
0: So in regards to the, we talked about the puppet work in the movie and the costumes. So Jim Henson, whose workshop provided the movie's turtle costume, was reportedly upset at the film because of the level of violence in the finished product. So he thought it was going to be more timid like the like the animated series and more of a kid's film than what the actual final product is. Yep. Uh, you mentioned the those who played the Turtles in the suit. Josh Pius, who played Raph, suffers from claustrophobia. After filming Raph's scenes, he would have to take his helmet off very quickly. He also is the only actor in Turtle costume to also voice his character. Oh, cool. Mm -hmm. so have you guys you probably don't remember I remember vaguely so do you remember that there weren't that many toys for the original film in 1990 yeah that's because the line that produced Playmates Toys, the company that produced the TMNT line of action figures from the animated series, declined to produce any movie-based toys off the movie due to the violent content, language, and overall dark tone of the movie presented. However, when the sequel started coming out, that's when they started releasing figures. Oh. That's, why, that's why I have a Super Shredder figure and I don't have a regular Shredder figure makes sense and i remember when
1: they finally came up with the toys for the for the secret of the ooze like they were like they were different texture like the, the toys were very different from the playmate version
0: yep the foot clan is a parody of the hand a clan of ninjas from the Marvel comic universe uh, it took three puppeteers to operate splinter the splinter puppet Kevin Clash performs a puppet while the facial expressions are remote controlled by another puppeteer, and the arms were controlled by the puppeteer who works along with Clash during performances of the puppet. That's why I mentioned Splinter in my notes because it was very impressive everything that they did with him yeah, sure according, according to the audio commentary on the German version of the DVD, the movie was originally planned to be made to be to be made and released in the mid 1980s before the animated series was even born. The movie was intended to be a direct comic book adaptation, but as I mentioned before, no studio or even country was interested and wanted to invest in the project. During the Damn. during the battle with Shredder, Leo is the only t- turtle to successfully land a strike when he hits Shredder on the arm with a sword. That's it. Everyone else got their ass kicked. The ass kicked. Yep. In the script, and is that like one of the... Go ahead, Le- oh, go ahead, Ry.
2: One of the few times they actually use their weapons, if you notice. Yes. Like it's again shredder.
0: I don't even remember them picking up their weapons in the second one.
2: Yeah, I don't think they do, and maybe in the third. I try I've already blocked out as much of that movie as possible. <laughs> <laughs> in, right there with fan four stick.
0: I have two more here. In the script and novelization, a young boy that tattoo attacks was to die from the beating. The sounds of the boy breathing and others saying he would be all right were added at the last minute after the movie ratings board objected to the scene. And and finally, in the original ending, after the Turtles turtles defeated the Shredder and they are celebrating on the rooftop, a scene was to follow where April and Danny go to a comic book publisher to pitch an idea of walking, talking turtles. The publisher rejects the idea, thinking the idea is too far-fetched. All the while unknown to him, the turtles are watching through the building window. Michelangelo seems to fall, but it's revealed he's hanging on the ledge commenting on what he had just heard. The clip can be seen online featuring the voices of the set performers for the for the turtles, before the voices were dubbed for the final cut. That's a nice little uh
1: Yeah, it's a different
0: ending. Meta as fuck. And then what do you have, Leo on your end?
1: Yeah, so um, we um, it's funny a lot of the stuff you did, I saw too, and I thought it was super cool facts. Um, I also got um, that the actors who physically portrayed the turtles, like I mentioned that earlier, they had cameo roles in the movie. Mm-hmm. So Josh Paez who did Raph, he was the passenger on the back of the taxi cab when Raph gets hit by the cab at the beginning of the movie.
0: Oh, okay.
1: Uh, Michelin Sisti, who's Mikey. He's the pizza delivery guy who delivers a pizza that's late. Oh shit!
0: Pizza. Yes, uh, yes.
1: Uh, Lee F. Tilden, who plays Donatello, is the foot soldier that gives the ninja slap to April. <laughs> um, and David Foreman, who played Leo, he's uh, he's one of the gang members that's in the background during Casey's fight with Tatsu.
0: Interesting. Good for them, though, uh, that they were able to get some, some on-screen yeah, exactly. time. Yeah, give them a little screen time. Mm-hmm. Um, During the end of the movie, when Sam
1: Rockwell talks to the police chief, he mentions that the uh, to check out the warehouse on the East... It's the East warehouse over on Lairdman Island. That's a call out to Kevin Eastman and Peter Laird, who were the creators of Ninja Turtles. Nice. Um, According to Josh Paez on, an, on, a, on a podcast episode, the director was Fired near the end of production because the producers thought the movie was going to be too dark. So, guys, there is another. There's another
0: cut to this movie. I want to see that cut. Maybe it's rated R.
1: Right, it'd be dope. Um, this is the last uh, theatrical film that Jim Henson was associated with because he passed away about a month and a half after the movie premiered. Um, David, you mentioned that Corey Feldman was the most famous voice actor. He got paid. $1,500 for the movie because the producers told him it was a low budget movie. It was an independent film. He had no idea it was going to be released in the box office.
0: Damn, I hope he got a cut after that. (laughs) That sucks. I mean, I'm (laughs) sure he got residuals on the VHS sales and stuff like
1: that. I would hope so. That's Uh, crazy. This was cool because it uh, it calls it back that everything everything the three of us talk about is Batman related. In the scene where Raph gets out of the movie theater, the movie that's on the marquee was supposed to be Batman, nineteen eighty nine, and he was supposed to say the line "Cool car, stupid costume."
2: <laughs> that's <laughs> awesome.
1: Um, and the last thing I have here, um, and this is funny because it's like it just reminds me of the stuff that uh, that Dave always mentions. Um, so people that were um, that were thought of for Casey Jones, Johnny Depp, Keanu Reeves. Christian Slater, Lou Diamond Phillips, Emilio Estevez, Kiefer Sutherland, Jason Patrick, Brian Austin Green, Alex Winter, Gary Daniels, River Phoenix.
0: I think at that time, those all make sense because a lot of them weren't big. Like Keanu was not big. I can see that as Casey Jones.
1: Yeah. And for, uh, for April, some some famous names that have been um, Sandra Bullock, Nicole Kidman, Melanie Griffith, Sean Young, Winona Ryder, Brooke Shield.
0: Sean Young cannot catch a fucking break. <laughs> oh my God, that's awful.
1: And, um, just uh, expanding on the one thing that David said, like, this is the Marvel geek in me. The foot plan is definitely supposed to, the whole origin of the turtle is supposed to be a parody on Daredevil. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the origin of Daredevil, Matt Murdock's a little boy with a little tank on the street and he gets side by a truck and filled with some ooze that makes him blind. That same ooze is supposed to spill on the sore, on the little turtles that break the tank, go into the sores on Splinter as well. Um, so the Foot Clan is a parody on the hand. Splinter is a parody on um, Daredevil's mentor, who is Stick.
0: Interesting.
2: Yeah, that's I knew that. about the ooze. I didn't know about the stick. I didn't know that one.
1: Yeah, they, they they really wanted to make it like a, a super a super meta parody on that for, uh, for Marvel Comics, I guess.
0: Nice. Good stuff, Leo. Good stuff. All right, let's finish off this week's episode by talking about the sequels. We're not going to get into categories here, but we will just talk about what we still like, disliked, and anything that we may have seen that has aged terribly. So similar to the first one, I did take notes here. Just like of different random scenes. TMNT two is if it, it's you nailed their eye, it is such a different tone. It is so, so light. Yeah, it's like' it, and I think it has
2: to do with the toy thing, just like Batman.
0: Yeah. yeah. I did I still enjoy part two. I will yeah. say
2: that. I still do enjoy part but two. But even from the very beginning. Like in the very beginning of one, you get, you know, oh, there's a lot of thievery, everything's going bad. And then in two, everyone's having a good time
0: eating pizza. There's a good vibe going
2: on. It feels like a party in New York City. Well, the anyway.
0: funniest part about those opening credits of part two is when those uh, it was a couple in front of the plaza, and they're having champagne and eating pizza. That wouldn't happen. That <laughs> just, just wouldn't happen. I've been to New York and by that park a million times. And I don't think, Jenny, I've ever seen anyone just having champagne and drinking, eating pizza outside the fucking plaza. What you now, I'm going to go do that. I hate you, right? <laughs> it's just
2: just because you
0: can. Oh my God. Yeah, seriously. You know, there's no reason not to be outside right now, right? I did like the opening sequence in the mall, like the fight sequence in the mall, and right at the beginning of the movie. I, I did like it. Um, Kano. What do you guys think about Kano?
1: So when I was younger, I, I found this so annoying. I still do. He's got some annoying attributes, but I think now when I when I pay attention to like, because I know now I know that he was actually one of the stunt people for part one Oh, and he's like a renowned martial artist. I'm like, yeah. oh shoot, this so, guy actually, yeah.
0: The first thing I saw, one remembered when I saw uh, Kano was like, that's the guy from Surf Ninjas. If you guys yes. have not seen Surf Ninjas, it is a very bad 1993 1994 movie where. The events that are happening on a Game Gear video game are happening in the the movie. I guess that's the best way to explain it. But he's also in that movie. That is the only time I know Kano. Um, One of the things that I did notice was a change in voices for the Turtles. I think Raph may be one of the ones that remained the same. Donatello was completely different for the last two. So you can can tell... Donatello was more... uh, he didn't have the 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 raspy voice as opposed to like he did in the first like Corey Feldman in the first one. So, um, here's my main take on the Shredder. When did Shredder have time to change his gear from burgundy to blue? <laughs> <laughs> the first thing that I'm doing after I get out of like trash compactor that I'm technically survived when I shouldn't have survived is I'm gonna go change my outfit from burgundy to blue a change i did not love because the burgundy was badass the blue was just like okay whatever we're this is the mo- th- these are the years where the sequel the person has to look different than the first one <laughs> yep uh what else do i have here i think we talked about it before poor man's bebop and rocksteady toka and razor it's it's, it's yeah i i got nothing
2: um oh, I legit forgot that about Token and Razor. I'm like, oh yeah, Bebop and Rocksteady. It comes down to Token and Razor. I'm like, oh fuck. That's why
0: I actually was okay. I mean, it's still not a good movie, but the the one that Michael Bay produced from a few years ago, and we actually got Bebop and Rocksteady. I was just happy to see Bebop and Rocksteady. Finally, they got the love, right? (laughs) They that what? What did you say, Leo? But they finally got some love. Yeah, man. I mean, that movie was interesting. We basically got Krang on that, too. Like, we got Bebop, Rock City, Krang. We got everything in that, for, in that, uh, that Ninja Turtles. Uh, another thing I noticed is that the Turtles' new home in part two is better and bigger than most apartments in New York City today.
1: Yeah, and it's fully powered.
0: And it's, yeah, what the heck? <laughs> and, and, who's paying part, that electricity bills You hit on. that right? <laughs> and best part about it, free of charge. Free of charge. <laughs> Um, Ninja Rap still rocks. you so want to put that out there. Yes. And Super Shredder is not so super because all it takes to take him down is falling building.
1: Well, it's funny because he didn't he kill himself. He killed himself. One...
0: He killed himself. Yeah. And if anyone that doesn't know that's been living under a rock the past thirty years, uh, the guy, Kevin Nash, professional wrestler Kevin Nash, played Super Shredder, and on Blu-ray it's very noticeable that that's Kevin Nash.
1: When, uh, when I was getting ready to do the notes, I read, I'm i like, "David's gonna mention the Kevin Nash thing." Yes, David won't be David if he doesn't
0: mention. <laughs> <Kevin>. Yes, <laughs> yes. If I wasn't gonna mention it, Ryan was gonna mention it. Someone was gonna mention that. Um, and that's a, all I have on TMNT two. Like, I dig it. It's obviously not as good as the first one. It's hokey. It's well, campy. Yeah. Oh, well, you're not wrong yeah. there. <laughs>
1: Like um, on the rewatch part 2 like I think you start seeing the costumes look a little bit different yes you do so, um, I have like the opening scene is not as dark as the opening scene in part 1 it's definitely sillier when you have Michelangelo fighting with like sausages you know it's sillier <laughs> um, I didn't know I, I completely forgot that April O'Neil was recast
0: yeah she's good though she's fine
1: but yeah. it's not it's
0: not the April that you know they so don't have the same what, chemistry, I think.
1: It's something I asked, something I, I, I saw as well. But I have a question for you guys: How much time has passed from the ending of part one to the
2: part two?
0: I don't think they specify, but yeah, I don't think they ever go
2: into it.
1: Because <laughs> although now April has a new apartment and the turtles have been living in this apartment with her, but Shredder has been in the trash this whole time. He's
0: probably yeah. been healing up. Well, he was probably making that blue suit. <laughs> 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 it takes a while. It takes a while because no one knows he's alive because the Foot Clan. Now everyone thinks he's dead. And wh- what's his um, what's his uh, right hand man's name? I always forget his name. Tatsu. 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 Tatsu's even like, yo, I'm the boss now. And then, nope, 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 nope. So that's
1: that's funny. That's that's why I have a question because like um, the three different things that happened in the beginning of part two is we see April's new apartment and we see the turtles fight in the mall. Then we see Shredder in the trash, and then we see Tatsu in the Foot Clan immediately after the fight, escaping to their rendezvous
0: point.
2: Yep. So
1: there's like three different scenes, and all three that are taking place in three different times.
0: Yep. And then we do we do get Tatsu saying "Oh, tuck." That's still great. <laughs> Love that. Um, I you you guys still ninja rap? You're in on that, right?
2: Hell yeah, definitely.
0: What about the doctor?
2: Oh, he's a jerk. <laughs> like,
1: he's, he's like the he's like got the most like talk back for any kind of like hostage I've ever seen.
0: Yep, seriously. I mean he he did create. What did he say? He purposely made Toker and raise our babies. Yeah. yeah, manipulated the mutagen. Yeah, yeah. So it is. It is what it is. I remember when we were watching this. I think I mentioned that. Uh, I personally think if we're going to say which one of us are turtles. I say Jen is Donatello. And we're, she's like, why? And then we started watching it, and he's like the nerd of the group, and he's the one that's like working with the doctor. And she's like, oh, he's Donatello's the one that comes up with all the right answers, right? That's definitely me. So, yeah. Jenny's the nerd yeah, of the I group. Think I,
1: I think you and I talked to him like, yes, yeah, Stacy's the same way. She's definitely like the Donatello, the little nerd, the one that's like, yeah, I would say that's safe. Well, who would you be? Would you be Raphael? Yeah, man.
0: That temper is all mine. That's so, that sarcasm is all mine. I, I. That's why I liked him as a kid, and I like him even more now as an adult because I am a smart ass like him. I have the worst temper like him. Rye, you're Michelangelo, right. and that's not I, even a I, discussion. I, <laughs> I was just I, thinking that. I would be for sure. Yeah, I can, like. If yes, you're you're Mikey, all the all thick and through, and that's a good thing. We need some comedic relief around here. Definitely. I'm saying it with a smile on my face, it's all good. <laughs> <laughs> all right, any more comments on part two? Uh, do we have to talk about part three? Yes, we do. I'm I'm excited <laughs> right now. I think Ryan's gonna say he liked it, and I think he's been teasing this whole time, saying he hates it. So, you got me. No. All right, so let's move on to the last movie. I mentioned before that I was very upset because I thought it was really going to be Turtles in Time like the video game. And what we got was the Turtles go to Jap- Japan on this scepter that was a gift to April. Did I get it right? Well,
1: I think... No, he- yeah, she went to like a like a queen market and she bought gifts for the guys and randomly picked out the scepter to give the splinter.
0: Yes. The first thing I did notice uh when I watched part three, I was like, I mean I I knew about it before, but um uh where did all these fucking spots come from? Yes. Yeah it, It's very distracting. Very distracting.
1: I agree. <laughs> yeah, the puppets I just put the puppets the puppets for part three are just freaky. The face looks freaky. The spots look freaky. It's like, what the heck?
0: The dialogue in the movie. I don't know who wrote. I don't know who wrote the screenplay for this, but dialogue is so stiff and bad. It's no, nothing endearing about the dialogue in the in in this last one. Uh, one of the worst villains I've ever seen in a movie. Walker.
1: Yes.
0: And I, this guy was in Lethal Weapon three, I believe. And then he does this, and it's just. I still, I've seen this movie many times as a kid, and then I've seen, you know, watching it now for the podcast. What's his agenda? I don't know what his agenda is the entire movie. Do you guys know? No idea. Um,
1: no. I don't, I, 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 it's funny. When I remember seeing the movie, I, I just imagined he was like the bad guy in Pocahontas. Like it was to be something about colonization or something like that. I don't yeah, know. Yeah.
0: He looked <laughs> like a villain from. yeah, he looked like a villain from a like a bad Disney Pocahontas movie. Yeah. He, absolutely. Uh, What else? What else here? The Like I wanted to be in that room Right? When this script was Greenlit. Like who thought this was a good idea? Like who thought this was a good idea? I
1: Didn't budget have like was it So much higher than the other two?
0: A lot. Yeah. It was a lot more The opening credits song I did like And I did like the song Tarzan Boy That comes from this movie and i think that's it that's all i like this movie's it's one of the worst sequels one of the worst finales to a live action trilogy i think i've ever seen it's from where we were in part 1 to where we finish it's it's night and day and this isn't even a guilty pleasure like it's just bad like there's
1: yeah, yeah there's, there's nothing there's nothing redeeming or or good about this one
0: and i think it's 89 90 minutes so we're in and out re- relatively quick and we still don't you know, I'm feel I, it. Yeah, <laughs> I feel like it's a two, uh, two hours, two, three hours. It's so so bad. Uh, anything you guys want to add to that?
2: Uh, as part yeah, of so, the end credits, <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, dude. Like, it's funny because I think you guys, you guys know pretty much now, like, I'm a huge Turtles fan. Like, uh, I was watching this with like my Leonardo hoodie. Um, and like, me and my buddies from like we've been friends in like kindergarten, I'm like live tweeting, we're watching it together. And like part three is just fun, terribly terrible. Um, yeah, I, I even I can't like I yeah it's it's worse than fan four six. Um, they, they just even even it's a turtle fan, just can't get through it.
0: Yeah. What a what about? I mean, we'ren't we're gonna cover these two in depth because I didn't see it and I haven't seen the Michael Bay ones in a while. But uh, the 2007 animated you mentioned, Off the Lions, connected to this.
1: Yeah, so like, um, I remember because again, anything turtles related, I need to watch. But when um, in 2007, there was a um, an animated movie that came out that was titled TMNT, that is tied to the the continuity of the of this trilogy, um, and it's uh it's pretty much just clarifies that like the brothers uh, grow apart after the events of returning back to Japan and defeating the Shredder, um, but it's it's a close like. The, yeah, it's like it, it is tied to that trilogy, but not enough to make it like officially like oh, like
2: the canon. Trilogy.
1: Yeah. But yeah. uh but I know that yeah, but it, they do they they also um, go further into the Leo, Raphael dynamic. I think Donatello goes on and does like um tech support work and Michelangelo goes on to uh go to kids' birthday parties um as like a clown. Yep. But yeah, but, I, but that is so much more enjoyable than part three.
0: What about the Michael Bay ones? Uh, I assume you, got, was, I assume you didn't like any. I haven't seen them. I'd give uh, the second one a shot just to see Bebop and Rocksteady and Krang, but that's that's about okay. it. I personally don't like the first one at all. I think don't. It's uh, yeah. I mean, none of them are good. But how
2: Stephen Amell is Casey Jones? Terrible.
0: He's really bad.
2: Terrible, terrible. Uh, they 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 ruined they
1: ruin like Casey Jones' whole thing. It's like it's he's not even Casey. he's just he's Stephen Amell, named Casey Jones. Oh uh,
2: really? Yeah. Yeah. They
1: make him they make him like an ex cop that like it, it tries to help. Like it, it's nothing. It's nothing Casey like.
0: How do you like Megan Fox's April?
1: I mean, it's, it's a Michael Bay movie, right? So she's nice to look at. <laughs> but, <laughs> like, yeah, it's a, it's, she's, she's Michael Bay eyes. So, like, just make her eye candy with very little motivation, very little plot development. Yeah. Um, but it's not really, I mean, I'm not saying she's a great actress or anything, but it's not it's really not her, her fault.
0: fault. Yeah. yeah. All righty. So that brings us to an end for today. I mean, the Turtles are still around today. It's still an extremely profitable franchise. They look like hot garbage now on these new animated series. I don't like the look of them anymore. But they're not for us anymore, so it doesn't even matter. Um, I hope we get a good Turtles movie. I hope we get a Dark Turtles movie again. Maybe one day, since we are getting all these dark comic book movies again. Maybe we'll get another Dark Turtles movie one day.
2: Yeah, for real. It's, dark.
1: <laughs> it's, David. it's funny you mentioned like the uh, the like, the legacy and how, like, the new stuff isn't made for us. Something I did encounter that you'll probably like, the newest version of the Ninja Turtles cartoon, it's, like, The Rise of the Ninja Turtles or something, is this version, Raphael is the official leader.
0: Good! He should be the leader. Because they say <laughs> it in the goddamn song in 1990. That's the only version that he's the leader in. Well, don't tell the rap group that made the song in 1990 because that shit says he's the fucking leader.
1: I think everyone else understands that Leo was the true leader of the I guess sport. not them. I'm with, the,
0: I'm with the rap group from 1990 that said he was the leader. So, <laughs> Technically, whatever. Splinter's the leader. Yeah, that, that is true. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's very true. That is very true. I'll stop. Well done, Ryan. Well done, Ryan. <laughs> righty. so that wraps it up for today. The next few weeks should be fun. Thanks to our, our readers and listeners, we had a poll this week with six bad movies. And you guys voted Batman and Robin as the next film we're going to be covering next week. So that'll be very, very fun. Jenny's upset because she does not want to cover Batman and Robin. And she thought Rocky IV is going to win in a landslide. And it did. It was a landslide. Just the other way around. <laughs> <laughs> and then we're going to cover the third. We're going to bookend April with covering two mob films from 1990 that are celebrating its 30th anniversary. One classic, one not so classic, but not as bad as everyone says it is. We're going to be covering Goodfellas, and we're going to be covering the Sofia Coppola masterpiece, The Godfather Part Three. So look forward to that in the next few weeks, and stay safe out there, and watch as many movies as you can. See you later, kids.